You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast in 2022 for the first time. My name is Dan Rowance and I'm joined by Ashley Priest and Pat Rowe. Ash, first of all, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, happy new year to everyone, 2022. Hoping it was started with a bit of a bang for Gerard, but a bit of a buff on the nose, wasn't it? But all in all, yeah, good Christmas, good new year and looking forward to the Next few weeks ahead, mate. Yeah, yourself. Yeah, good Christmas. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I, and I had a nice time, nice break. I famously save up all my holidays throughout the year and basically have about three weeks off at Christmas. So I've had, I've had a lovely time. Pat, yourself, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I haven't been uh, hungry in about three weeks, but after that, I'll recover now. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a new year, but the same feeling of disappointment the Monday morning after Villa have played. All, all too familiar feeling. Um, before we get into the actual football, though, New Year, New, new Year's resolutions. Um, I want to ask you if you had to set a New Year's resolution for Villa, what would you pick? And I don't want to, you know, just win a game. We want better than that. If you had to set them a New Year's resolution, something they've got to fix. Ash, first of all, what would you pick? Probably just stop conceding silly goals, daft goals, soft goals. Yeah. We noticed that yesterday. I mean, Gerard said it himself afterwards. They had three attacks, not really not really threatening attacks, and they scored two goals from it. And you carry on that, you're going to lose games. And that's what happened yesterday. Soft, yeah, soft goals. Um, it's doing me head in lately. Um, even, even Lukaku won on Boxing Day, that was soft. Mm. Um, and yesterday at Brentford. I mean, the right backs had two two bolts at the end at the end as well, so not good enough. And um, I think that was a bit of a bit of a wake call at half time. We saw scoring Brentford's only meaningful uh, attack on goal, and it's one one at half time, and the game turned. So, yeah, cut that out, and um, Miller should improve. What about you, Pat? Have you thought of anything for that? Uh, yeah, they've kind of already failed my one in terms of what I wanted them to do. <laughs> I wanted them to go. Instead of, I felt like it was the same as with Dean Smith, that we don't convert, it's either win or a loss. We never really mm. like grind out a draw. And mm. I think yesterday I would have been disappointed with the draw because I thought they were there for the taking, but it's still a point on the board and it's not a disaster. I always felt we don't just, it's we don't grind out the results. So if we can start getting a point here and there, Probably fire us a few places at the table. Yeah, I think I was going to say the same thing, Gus, just stop, stop giving away sloppy goals, but I'll change it and say, play for 90 minutes. When was the last time we played yeah. for a full 90 minutes and we're, yeah. we're good all the way through? We either have a good half and a bad half or, or we only just turn up after 60 minutes. Yeah. Play for a full game, complete 90 oh. minutes of good football. Yeah. Yesterday we should have, and we'll get onto it in more detail, but should have seen that out and scored another couple of goals and that's an easy win on the road to start the year. But to, to go one nil up and then lose it is, is that's pathetic really. Mm. Um, just quickly before we move on, any New Year's resolutions personally? Any personal targets to the both of you? I'm, I'm on draw Jen again. I lose about a stone and a half of the well, really? every year. Yeah, every year. So you'll see a thinner version of uh, Ashley Priest in February. <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll, let's get on my running again. I stopped running. I twisted my ankle back in September. I was clocking up the miles on Strava before then. But I'm um, getting back on my running and yeah, cutting the beer out and um, healthy New Year, Dan. No, yeah. you know, it probably falls off the falls off the wagon in February, but I'm going to have to be a bit more fitter. I actually saw your Strava post, like the year wrapped up thing, and it was like loads of miles, 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 well, and it gets like August or September, it's just a zero, zero, zero. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> relatable. Yeah. Uh, Pat, have you set yourself any goals for the year? I mean, we'll talk about Villa in a second, but, you know, yeah. let's have a bit of a catch-up. I did say it was Charles Jones as well, but I'm going United away in a few days, so that's going out the window. <laughs> um, I'm learning French. I downloaded Duolingo oh, the other day. Lovely. So, 2A on Sean, you are a dog. 
<laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I did GCSE French actually, so I did I did get the the last word of that. Um, but yeah, let's move on then. If anyone's got any real life Aston Villa questions they want to put to Pat and Ash, then put them in the comments <laughs> and I'll go through them. Very much the definition of a game of two halves yesterday. I, I've noted down. Um, Ash, what went wrong? Everything towards the end, didn't it? I mean, not not clinical enough to see the game. Ain't going to score two goals to be ahead, and Villa didn't do that. They were coasting at times, they were passing backwards, and it was slow. No intent with the play. Um, I know they played well in the first half. Buendia, Ings, they're showing glimpses, wasn't they? But there were too many players off it for me. Um, and yeah, got to kill a game off. Villa struggling to do that of late. They went one one nil up against Chelsea on Boxing Day. They come roaring back and they lose that one. Yeah. One nil up again yesterday. Again, you're giving, giving the opposition a chance to get back in the game. And especially when, when you're away from home, if the opposition equalise, it's, it's going to be tough. Momentum against you. So, yeah, what went wrong? I think the catalogue of errors. I think Courtney Horse was rusty on his return. And I think the defeat and Horse's performance reminded me of uh, Crystal Palace back in May. I think fans remember that one. Tyrone Mings was out the team then. Courtney Horse hadn't played for a while. Comes back in and really get found out. And he's the same again. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, a few too many under, underperformed for me. And a real, real chance missed. Um, I think second half wasn't good enough. And um, mm. yeah, that was it, really. So, um, a lot to work on this week ahead of two games against United coming up. Well, I've had a look in terms of the second the second half. I don't really know. I didn't split into the halves, but it was the second lowest pressures we've had all season. Mm. So 89. I think the lowest was 84 against Wolves. And we all know that Wolves performance is similar. We go ahead, have a good first half, drop off because we're not pressuring them and then yeah. uh, concede stupid goals and lose the game. It's disappointing, but I don't think Gerard's going to stand for that again. I think he'll be looking at the work rate off the ball. I think he said it when he first pointed, like what they do out, out, out possession is important to him. So I don't see that he's going to stand for that. I think he probably probably got the hairdryer treatment at the end. But at the start of it, it was we'd start the game slow. I think we started against Brighton slow, City very slow. And then, so we sorted the first half uh, performances out. And then our second half has dropped off now. So I'd... It's one of those. It will come together eventually, but yeah, I I agree that we missed Tyra Mings as well. I thought his organisation at the back. People, a lot of people call for Hawes to start, and I thought it'd be okay uh, in terms of his aerial presence because Brentford are quite good from set pieces. But in terms of his ability on the ball, he just looked a bit shaky, didn't he? And that's probably outlining what we need to do in the January transfer window. Is that he's our only other option? I mean, you've got sixteen-year-old Josh Feeney on the bench. That's probably the other option at centre half and. That's not good enough to be in the Premier League. I mean, he's going to be a really good player, but at this point in time, you can't depend on a 16-year-old. I'm a bit old school. I wonder why a defender is rusty when they train all year round and that's his job. I know it's match fitness is, is different to training, but to come in and that's your chance to, to fill in for Tyrone Mings and you know, effectively earn your place, you know, okay. your squad player. If you perform well against Brentford, you keep your place on paper. So to be to be rusty feels a bit of a, a weak excuse. But yeah, I've said before, don't think Hawes is good enough. Um but yeah, we'll move on from that. Um, Gerald needs his own players, says Reese, a left-back, big holding midfielder, centre-back and a winger. Um, what was Gerald, Gerald's demeanour like after the game, Ash? Did he, did he look fuming? Was he, was he upset? Because, you know, I feel like we've been hard to beat under Gerard, and we've lost the games that you kind of expect us to lose in, in Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City and in all the others. We've either given it a good go or obviously won as well. Yesterday was the first time where we looked wobbly, and I don't really know what's changed from from previous games for that to happen, really. Yeah, Gerald was fuming. He was fuming, um, and yeah, he was at a loss. Really, he said performances previously under me, everyone's been committed, everyone's been good teammates together, everyone's been showing that grit, determination. 
that willing to win the ball back. But yesterday, that, that was out the window in that second half. Um, there were a lot of, lots of gaps there. Like, like, like Pat says, I mean, they, they weren't pressurising, they weren't pressing the ball. And that's what Gerard's all about. So he was at a total loss, to be fair. Raging, raging with the players afterwards. And I'm sure he's got them in this morning, nice and early, to um, to, to dress them down and, and say that, that can't happen again on my watch. So um, a lot was wrong with that, yeah. I think it's quite a laboured performance in the end. Um, got to show big improvements now. Um, but yeah, they, they weren't at the races yesterday. There wasn't good teammates to each other. Um, mm. Lots of gaps in there. It's what it's not what we've seen over the last few weeks, has it? It's coming here from from Ian. He says lack of concentration at crucial times in the game with no leadership at the back or across the team. And Target wasn't at his best, was he? I mean, I agree on Target, but it's easy to say who was at their best because I thought they were all pretty rubbish, to be honest. That second half was just non-existent from Villa. They just didn't turn up at all. Mm. Uh, somebody that did that did play well, there's two I've highlighted, is Ings and Brendia. We'll take them in order. Ings obviously starting in place of Watkins, who was a COVID case, I think, last last minute. I, I don't know whether that's actually been confirmed anywhere, but you would assume that's the case. There's rumours on, <coughs> rumors on Twitter that he was on his way to Arsenal in the, in the transfer window, which, unless Arsenal have got lots and lots of money to, to do that, I don't see that happening in January, but uh, maybe one day. Um, yeah, Danny Ings, talk to me first, Pat. What did you make of his performance? For me, I thought it was his best performance in a Villa shirt, to be honest. I think it, he recorded 0.7 non-penalty X, XG, which is highest in a Villa type. I think the only one that he had higher was the Watford game, his debut, where he got that penalty. But one of those, I thought he was he looked sharp, making good runs. I think it was, we started the game within the first 10 minutes when we settled into it. He, he was slotted in by Buendia. Guys, effort blocked. I think it was another less one, and then the same thing happened yeah. again. It was his goal. I think he had a, a good chance second half. He cut in on his left foot, and that was saved, was it, or something? Yeah, again, saving. that one that almost went at the end where he just needed to put it a bit further wide. It was like a dribbling effort, and the keeper made a save down to his right. I thought, it was, yeah, definitely his best chance, uh, best game in a Villa shirt, and it's no uh, the correlation with Wendy's is probably one of his better games as well. I think. The two will be key in making each other get fire in. Watkins comes into that, and maybe when Deer in form, Ings in form, and maybe Watkins can start getting a goal as well. But yeah, those were the only two highlight uh, performances for me, to be honest. I thought Jacob Ramsey looked good in flashes, but I think he probably contributed to the fact that Target looked quite exposed. I think if you haven't got a midfield working ahead of you, the whole defence is going to suffer. And I also think we're missing the camber. I think. How many games has he missed now? It was he wasn't available for the Norwich, was he? But he was that was that the first game, the Norwich one. I feel yeah. like he it's about four or five games he's missed off the top of my head, but yeah. I don't know whether that counts the games that we've had postponed. I think there's a correlation between the Camber not being there, anchoring the midfield and allowing everyone to play off him and Villa leaking goals. So that's probably where we need to target definitely. I think we're linked to Zakaria, Romeo these type of midfield enforcers that we really need, to be honest, because I'm, I'm pretty sure Gerard sees Louise as someone who's going to play further forward and doesn't really want him as that anchor in front of the uh, back four. Yeah. That's that's not his best position, isn't it? He, he looks better when he's played a little bit further forward. Sounds McGinn as well. You don't want him to be the number six. You want him running so further forward. McGinn. Yeah, McGinn didn't look, look his usual self at all. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we'd assign a midfielder regardless of Nakamba's injury, to be honest. But now he's out for... Is he out for the season or yeah, most no. of the season at least? Yeah. Oh, they'll have to sign a midfielder, I think, this window. Uh, who that is, is is another matter. And we'll talk about targets towards the end of the show. Yeah, what did you think of, of Ings first of all, Ash? He obviously started in for, for Watkins and looked, looked pretty sharp for, for most of the game, really. 
Yeah, before uh, Gerard said he, he's still short, he's still 70 80 percent to where, where he needs to be. Hasn't played a lot of football, and that was his first 90 minutes since October 16th against Wolves. So he needed that 90 minutes prior to his goal. He had a shot blocked, and thought it's not going to happen for him today. But his finish was straight out of the top draw. That's what you want Ings to do, mm-hmm. bearing down on goal. He didn't have a lot of goal to aim at, and he found back of the net. So four goals in 12 starts, one in three scoring. And I still think he's not 100% yet. I think a fit and fine Danny Ings scores at the end to make it 2-2. Um, a few labour touches towards the end, which is to be expected. He's not fully fit yet. I don't know what you, you, you lads reckon. If Ollie Watkins is fit next week, uh, what do you do? I mean, if Watkins was fit yesterday, I don't think Ings would have started for me, given his performances of late against Chelsea. I'm probably being, being a bit too critical here. But I, I'm a big fan of Danny Ings. I think he's a, a better finisher than Watkins. But... Can the pair play together? We've, we've been having this conversation for what majority of the season now. So yeah. I don't think Watkins is, is happy playing deeper to accommodate for Ings. So likewise with the people in the comments, what, what do you think? Ings and Watkins, can they play together? And given, given Ings' goal last week, I mean, yesterday, I think he's, he's pushing to keep his place now. So it's interesting. The amount of times I've clipped out uh, a video from this <laughs> podcast titled, you know, how do we get the best out of, of Ings and Watkins together and stuff like yeah. that. It's ridiculous, really, that we, we we haven't found a way to, to work it out. Um, I wonder whether it would be Troy that doesn't start yesterday if, if Watkins is fit and it's Watkins on the left, yes. Brendier on the right and, and Ings is the main centre-forward. Mm. I wonder whether you're better off having it as Watkins and Ings as, a, as an out-and-out two with Brendier yeah. as, a, as a 10 behind them rather than the two 10s and the one. Mm. Um, I wonder whether that's the, the best thing. But then you need you need your full-backs to, to absolutely bomb on and Cash does that to, to a better... To a better um, Standard than Target does, yeah. but his his crossing lets him down, and then Target isn't isn't great going forward. And if the way or if he carries on the way he does, he, he won't be in Gerald's side. So you know, there's a left back replacement you need as well. I do like Watkins, but I, I do wonder whether he would have scored that chance that, that Ings put away yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think it, like you said, Ash Ings is a better finisher. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the guy that set up the goal then with a, a lovely little roulette first four and a, and a nice weighted pass through Emmy Buendia. Start to see the signs in the last couple of games where you know he's that record that record transfer, but still just need a, a little bit more from him if I'm being a little bit critical. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I've got the stats here. Five shot creating actions led the team, seven progressive passes, four key passes led the team in that and twelve recovery. So he's doing a bit of everything in that little in the pockets. So I thought it was I it's been time and time again I've spoken about it and I've spoken about it with people on Twitter as well. It's you need to get him in those pockets, like in between the lines. Like yeah. he's not good out wide. Like that's not his position. He's not going to like drop a shoulder and put a ball in. He needs to be in between the lines, threading balls like he did for uh, Ings in the first half. And to be honest, like we said, like you just mentioned about Ings and Watkins, I think it was good. What Ings makes the better off the ball runs, I think. But in terms of bringing him in for the um, the United game, we might need to play Watkins just purely because of his hold up play. Mm. And he might be forced with uh, Traore and Trezeguet leaving in a few days. They might be already left at this point, but we haven't got that many options. I was looking at the bench yesterday. I, was like, I, don't, I don't know who we bring on. I think Bailey's yeah. injured. You'd, the other than that, you turn to El Ghazi. Who's, there's rumours about him leaving, or it's Jaden Fulagin Bedeus out wide. So he might be his hand might be forced. To be honest, to just play Watkins and Ings, Watkins out wide a bit as an inside forward, and just like hammer it with a hammer it until it works. To be honest, so. Yeah, if Bendy is involved with Watkins, it could help. Let's talk about the, the centre-back department, Ash. You've obviously got the Twanzaiabi imminently on his way out to 
somewhere else. <laughs> There's a, a raft of clubs who could be linked with him. Um, somebody asking, what you know, what's the hold up in terms of Villa confirming that that he's left? I imagine that's the Man United then wanting to yeah. kind of oh, he's back from Villa, but he's also gone out to insert club. So we'll we'll find out when Man United want to do it effectively. Obviously, no Mings yesterday with his suspension, and you you do feel like you you lack that leadership when he's not there. So just kind of assess the centre backs for me, Ash, with the options that Villa have got, and well, I assume we need another as well. So <laughs> what happens there? Yeah, I mean the one that's going to come in after Tormins is captain. He probably will be for the remainder of the season. So if you're a player now, can you dislodge Mings out of the team? Probably not at the moment. Um, and as we concert for me, I love him. I do. I think he's unreal. Just little little intricacies yesterday. I mean, he took took one on the chest. He had two two Brentford shirts around him. Played it back to Martinez. Thank you. And little little volley passes as well. Little cute passes around the sides. Ivan Tony didn't have a kick yesterday. Um, and as we concert, you ain't getting him out of the team. You're not getting him out of the team. But um, so you got to attract attract a player who's going to come in and sit on the bench for the month or two and try try and try and force his way in and Joe Gomez has been mentioned whether he'll fancy to do that I'm not quite sure I don't think Liverpool will probably allow him to leave unless he forces a move it's just assurances isn't it I mean I think Pat did a story overnight um, Axel Two and Zay been wanting to leave Stephen Joe didn't give him the, didn't give him the assurances to play um, he wants to, wants to play football Two and Zay and he's got a right to do that um, I think when, when Axel come in I think Dean Smith told him you're going to play in the back three for me. You're going to play with Tyrone and Esri. And that's how they're going to do it. And obviously, Dees, we've got the tack. Gerard's come in and he's played the two. Would, would you be concerned if Villa went in, if it's February February now and Villa have just had the three centre-backs? Yeah, I think so on paper. You you always want four, don't you? Just yeah. in case, even though you, you almost certainly never use the, the, the fourth choice like we've seen with Twanzaibu. Mm-hmm. And the, the kind of worry I would think is that if, you know, if Twanzaibu is out there and we're sitting here going, oh, I don't know whether he's good enough, but he wants to go out and play and his club want him to play. You kind of think, well, who are we going to get then? Who's willing to come in and sit around? If, exactly. if Twanzaibi is not good enough, if, is, is Twanzaibi's replacement not going to be good enough either? Kind of, What's the point of even having them around? If yeah. they're never going to play and they're not that good, stick a youth player in there and have yeah. them be, be the fourth choice that he never gets called upon. I kind of feel like Mings has maybe got the rest of the season to prove that he's worthy of being first choice. Or, or second choice, I suppose, after after concert. Concert is your first choice. He's captain. Gerard has, has, has given him that or kept him kept him the captain's armband. You've now got the rest of the season to prove to me why you are second choice centre-back and, and captain for, for next season. If you if you don't kind of perform to the standards I'm looking for, we'll replace you in the summer. That's kind of how I feel about it because concert is the one that's the, the best, the best centre-back. I don't see the point of bringing in another centre-back if they're not as good as Mings is. Yeah. They're not going to play there with third choice or fourth choice. What's the point? Surely you have to bring in a, a better centre back, and Mings becomes yeah. your third choice. Yeah. I wonder if, if Gerald go back in for Connor Goldson Rangers. He did yeah, like him. He brought him on a lot. He's twenty nine now. Would he want fancy one last crack at a Premier League? I know. I think he might be happy to sit on a Premier League bench and get the odd chance. His contract's up in the summer. It could be a cheap deal to do that one. Um, so keep tabs on that later in the window. I think he'd be one. He'd be happy to come down. So for the board and sit on the bench and play second fiddle for a bit. But um, like you say, I can't see Villa going all out to buy centre-half. It's been big money where I think other areas of the pitch need to be addressed sooner rather yeah, than later. Not in January. 
No. Yeah, definitely not in January. Uh, Pat, what did you think of missing Mings yesterday? Because every time he's in the squad and makes a mistake, it's, oh, let's drop him, get Hawes yeah. in there, he's better. Hawes players and he's rubbish. And we'll go, oh, why is Hawes in the squad? Get get Mings back. <laughs> and we're just in this eternal loop of not having yeah. a good enough centre-back. No, I thought under Gerrard, Mings, uh, apart from a few errors, you can't really fault him. I thought he stood up to the occasion and proved to Gerrard that he's worthy of being the captain. But I think Josh Williams, the uh, distance cover works for the Liverpool Echo. He, he mentioned it. He went slowly over time. You just start upgrading these individual yeah. positions. And it's not any fault to the player. Like The player's decent. But in order to excel uh, and elevate the team to the next level, you need to upgrade these certain areas. I think Liverpool did it with just like the wider areas and the striker and whatnot. Centre-back as well, buying Van Dijk and, and the keeper. So I think in terms of the positions at Villa, you look at, you look at CDM. When the canvas stepped up, they're probably going to invest there. You look at centre back with Mings, he's stepping up, but how long can you do that for? And then you look at left back, and I just think, like Ash said, I think they might maybe they'll look for like a bit of a stopgap deal in January. Yeah. So, kind of Goldson, and for as Ash said, his, his contract's expiring, so it'd probably be a cheap one. And then slowly over time, they'll, they'll invest heavily, and in maybe Joe Gomez is the idea they have for that to partner. Uh, Kanza, because a fully fit Joe Gomez is a quality player, like the very top standard. And the the potential of playing him and Kanza together as a centre-back partnership looks quite good. And you look at left-back as well, you've got that Tagliafico, he's a world-class left-back. Chelsea, the lot after him, I think Atletico are after him as well. So these are the positions that they might be looking to start elevate the club to the next level. Um, I asked for questions at the start of this, and I also noted down transfers, 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 and every question we had was, who are the targets? How many do we need? Let's kind of go through these uh, in some kind of order. How much business do you think Villa will do in January, Ash? Business, I think, for three players, I think they'll get in. I think Gerard was asked post-match yesterday. Um, He won't be wholesale, but we we will strengthen. So my man got quite, quite on that. Um, I think three will come in. I think left back, I think a midfielder will come in. I'm intrigued to see if he, he strengthens the attack, you know. Obviously, with Trezeguet and Berto now at AFCON for a month. Um, Leon Bailey, not, not ready for another month. A bit of a short in there. Um, there's a chance to play Jacob Ramsey, a bit higher yesterday, but Gerard Logs him a bit deeper in, as a number eight. So, yeah, I think left back, centre midfielder. And I'm intrigued to see if he goes out for a, an attacking player to play. Offer Ingram or Watkins, perhaps. So, I think three, three, three will get done. I think Gerard will be back. I think he's he's in constant dialogue with Johan Langa, and um, it's just a matter of how soon they can get the deals done. Three as well, I think. I think uh, definitely a CDM, and then like I said earlier, I was looking at the options off the bench and with Traore and Trezeguet both off now. We were both played yesterday. You're kind of limited in what we can do, changing the game from the bench. So that they might pursue another attacker, then. You'd look, that probably leads to people leaving. Our guys would probably look for a move out in the summer, either in January. Uh, left back, it, it's an interesting one where they get someone that can come in and compete straight away if they do invest there, like um, uh, Tagliafico straight away. But he's 29, so I don't know if they'd want to invest in him. And then, or Aaron Hickey was mentioned, I think the 18 year old. I don't know if they'd want him to come in straight away and play, but he seems. To be the kind of a perfect player for Gerard's system, to be honest, a fullback that bombs forward. I think I don't think he has a strong foot either. To, uh, not a strong foot, a weak foot. <laughs> not strong foot. That'd be a bit of an issue, wouldn't it? But yeah, he's he's lining it up in uh, Serie A. I think he's he just went a bit viral for a right-footed effort first time from outside the box, put into the top mm. corner, and he's a left back. So that kind of says about his uh, 
dexterity. I wonder whether you did that do kind of some kind of deal where you sign somebody like Hickey but leave him out in, in Italy for the rest of the season on, yeah. on kind of like a loan and then bring him in for the summer. Yeah, it kind of feels a bit like the Morgan Sands on deal of last year. Trying to, if there's a deal available that improves the squad now because it's a good price, kind of sort it out. But it feels like any kind of big kind of overhaul comes in the summer, doesn't it? You don't, you don't usually do much business in January. Well, yeah, Jared Jar- likes to put your stamp on things. I think he sold 41 players in three years at Rangers. Big overhaul there. And I just wonder, the Brentford display yesterday, he's looking around, he's give, give a few players a big chance. He said that beforehand. Yeah. I've laid down the gauntlet. Go go and take your chance. A few let him down for me, I think. I bet, mm-hmm. I bet he's thinking with his coaching staff now, thinking, I need a bit more here. Um, I need to get lay, lay down my mark. I need players to bring in who, who buy into this and who, who can fit in. It's Dean Smith's squad, isn't it? That's the that's the be all and end all. Yeah. And uh, I think it'd be it'd be it'd be keen to press ahead and, and make it an exciting window. I think three three minimum. I think Gerard wanna wanna add to his squad and put his stamp on it and um he'll be working on that now. So yeah, desperate to put his own stamp on things, having to work with what he's got at present. So, he had that six week period prior to the window opening, so he's had a good look at them. Well, Pat says I don't think Al Ghazi's fancied at all. The fact he brought he brought on Troy, he started Troy yesterday, half feet. He brought on Trezeguet, despite he's going to Afghan. What does that say? Uh, Al Ghazi not getting off the bench. It mm. just points at that. So, like you say, I think Keenan Davis is already gone. Uh, oh, two and yeah, Davies gone. Um, two and Davies gone. So there's two gone straight away. Add the two Afghan yeah. lads. There's four, 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 four lads gone already from the squad. So they need to be replaced. And um, I think, I think, I think we are in for a busy window, regardless of what Gerard says. I think he's tried to play that down. I think um, if he wants to kick on, I think he needs to. Spend wisely and, and and really strengthen the squad. Do you think there's any chance that kind of Villa go? Well, we, we're not going to make. Obviously, we're not going to make it to Europe this season. We're not going to go down. So, is there any point doing loads of business in January when we can wait till the summer? I was just thinking that looking at the table, um, I think because it, if Villa were like in touching distance of Europe, you'd say, well, yeah, go and spend yep. sixty-five million on, on four or five players. Go and get whoever you want right now, because we might get in there. Whereas I wonder whether they might be a bit hesitant to give him a load of money right now when better deals might be available in the summer. Yeah, be critical. Say, oh, is, is Villa season done? I, I want to go deep in the FA Cup and try and win that. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sure. it's an interesting point you make regarding the season itself. Are they going to look ahead now to the summer? But I can't see that happening. I think. If Villa win a couple of games on the bounce, momentum's back all of a sudden. Um, especially with the well, Ger- Gerard likes to, to roll with things. So I think he wants to get the squad set and um have a good crack at it this year. I know they've lost at Brentford and it's panic stations again, but beat man you win win three on the bounce as it uh, three on the bounce, you never know what can happen. Um so I can't see Villa just throwing this season away and looking ahead to the summer now. I mean, the fact that we're still talking about people like El Ghazi and Trezeguet, and no, no disrespect to them. It's like you said, Pat, about you kind of just have to upgrade over time. The fact that we're still talking about them kind of says everything about where we are, really, doesn't it? Maybe a year ago, we'd be saying, well, I was saying they're probably not good enough for me to be upgraded, and we're still talking about them as options off the bench. Like, they're not good enough, are they? And they need to go. And on the point of that, that dive from Trezeguet yesterday says everything about how embarrassing that performance was yesterday. That was horrific. It should be sold just for the, just for the back of that. <laughs> So annoying. But I think yeah, he's okay. He checks over while the medical staff. He's all right. Yeah. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not in the stadium, to be honest. <laughs> Never mind an injury. Um, yeah, there just needs to be gradual improvements across the board, really, in a lot of squad positions. And and then the summer window is there for you know your two or three big signings, like 
was it last season or the season before? I don't know where, what time we're in at the moment with the, the lockdown football and stuff. When we signed Martinez, Cash, Watkins, those big hitters that, that all come in and start. That's what the summer windows are for. And, and January is there for tweaking, really. But you've signed a, you've got a new manager in mid-season. You do give them money, I suppose. And if the deal's there, Villa will do them. It's just who is available in January and how how much of their price is hiked up because it's mid-season. That's the thing Villa are contending with. There is another one, um, an expiring deal from Marseille. We've got Samson from that. I think he's called Boob Kamara. Newcastle Wolves after in summer. He's a CDM, fits the bill. But uh, I think 10 mil, I think it's been uh, quoted for him. So they want to go and deal with Marseille again and get a player that we probably need. He's there. It's, it's interesting as well with the transfer market. I mean, if Newcastle are going to be big spenders, aren't they? Newcastle are going to go in. If mm. Villa identifies someone, Newcastle could trump, trump Villa or another club. I mean, they could throw loads of money at it. I know Tri- Trippier's seemingly on his way to Newcastle as well. So Newcastle will be big players in the window. You just wonder how how, how that will affect Villa and other clubs. Like Pat mentioned Kamara there. Good player to come in for Villa, but Newcastle chuck loads of dough at it like, like the will. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. This month's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Um, they've already got three games this month, haven't they? They've got Man U twice in Everton, and then, yeah. then it's an international break end of the month. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out. A uh, question, a final one, because we've hit half an hour from PA. It says Lingard or Dele Alli on loan, maybe? Yeah, I'm not not massively sure on Dele Alli. There is a there is a player in there yeah. somewhere that somebody can can reignite and. And Lingard is one that, again, if you'd have asked two years ago, you'd be kind of scoffing at that, saying, oh, he's a bit of a joke player, but you know, obviously did very well at, at West Ham last season. And, you know, whether he can recapture that kind of form elsewhere, would be that would be a, a great move for somebody. Um, the thing with that as well, obviously, the, the Twanzabi loan is a, a space freed up, isn't it, for loaning from another Premier League yeah. club now? So, um, yeah, potentially. What are your thoughts on, on those two? I'd take Lingard over Ali. I think Ali's... I don't, I don't think I don't think he's a Gerard top player, Ali. I think he, Ali's you know, the bigger risk now, isn't it? Which is bizarre to say. He feels sorry for himself a little bit more. He's, he's lost that bite and nastiness. I don't know. He's lost his way a little bit. I'd take Lingard. I was his standout game against Villa Park. He scored a couple on his debut mm. for West Ham. Really good. Uh, he's twenty nine. I think. I think it says a lot in the South Cat in England. Lot, lot traveling around the camp. I think he'd fit in well at Villa Lingard. So I, I wouldn't. Um, I'll be too disappointed with that one. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Lingard's capable of playing out wide in that like narrow forward role that Gerard quite likes. And I think he might. I think he might have started there in the game he scored two against us. To be honest. So yeah, if he'd he'd add something going forward, if he could find that West Ham form again. And someone just said, I want Alvarez. I think that ship sailed. I think United are ready to pay the uh, fee for that and beat Barca. And it, everyone else wants him in Europe. I think we should have done that one in summer last year, but. Yeah, yeah, I'd take Lingard all day. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Lingard now and how you fit him in alongside Ings, Watkins, Bailey and Brendier, but that's a that's a conversation for another time, isn't it? Um, we'll call it a day there. Ash, thanks very much for your time and Pat, likewise, and uh, for all the comments flying in. Uh, obviously, a lot of people asking about transfers, which is, you know, it's, what is it, January 3rd now, I think? Yeah, so, so a long way to go and I'm sure that'll be the topic of conversation for the next couple of weeks. So we'll be here for all the post-match reaction stuff and, and uh, I think the weekly podcast will be back in some form now that everyone's back uh, for, off holiday uh, so thank you very much for everyone for tuning in we'll see you again maybe later in the week with something i don't know what it'll be uh, with us not playing till monday maybe like a transfer roundup or something like that um so yeah stay tuned for that thank you very much guys and uh, we'll see you again in a few days thank you for listening to claret and blue and aston villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa up the villa